Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Second Estate. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Sarah Bayer. I'm Hannah Seymour, and in today's episode, we're discussing Spotify Wrapped, the Kardashians, and the recent Balenciaga controversy, and finally, Jennifer Coolidge's cultural renaissance in The White Lotus. Yeah. Um, And quickly, we're on Zoom. Um, I'm at my parents' house. Long story. Can't explain why I'm here um can't be no not that i can't explain i can't be bothered to explain um but the her dogs um betty and x that's not its actual name but that's how we refer to him as um x yeah why um because he wasn't named for ages so we just started sort of asking but he's named now yeah and it's a great name dudley yeah Mm. anyway they've gone on a walk and they're quite um intrusive so when they come back they may come and express them themselves they're like intrusive thoughts in dog form yeah they actually that's exactly how i would explain them yeah intrusive thoughts in dog form and hannah's in her new room if you watch it on i am in my new room um you'll be able to see it's i don't actually even know what the camera shots gonna look like i'm really hoping it's okay Um, anyway um but i am in my new room that has no windows so that's awesome um but (laughs) Things are really going well for us, guys. Things are going well. No, it does have windows, but they only go into the inside of the building. There's like a big atrium in the middle. Yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, we're kicking goals here. Yeah. We're both really in, our, in good spirits today, so that's good. Yeah. And Zoom always improves our mood. So that's, Yeah, that's- we love it. We love Zoom, as you all know. Zoom is great. Um, it's <laughs> definitely when the podcast is in its best form. Yeah. Um, oh, I do have a shout out. Actually, we have some actual shout outs for the GoFundMe. Yeah. But shout out to Bella Salvatore. I don't think I told you that I met Bella. Bella has been a long time listener and messaged us, and I met her at my work the other day. I thought so, that was. I thought you met someone. Oh, is that another person you've met? At your another work? person. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I don't. I get to ever meet anyone. You work. You just don't work in a customer facing role. <laughs> I would say that's probably the reason. Like that's probably the main reason. Yeah. That's also, you true. almost met someone the other day, the day, yeah, who turned out to be my friend. We found out who the person was. Last yeah. episode, we discussed the fact that we that Sarah saw someone wearing our merch yes. in public and yep. wanted to check who it was, and it's my friend Mackenzie, who also got a shout-out last episode because you donated to GoFundMe. So, Maka, you're getting a lot of airtime. Shout-outs. Yeah. turns out if you donate to the GoFundMe, you may get a lot of airtime. Yeah, um, which is really cool for you guys. But yeah, also shout out to Bella. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually did have a sort of experience where well, this has nothing to do with the podcast, but where I recognized someone at work and it was so weird. Um, you know, like those moments where you rec- where someone says hi to you and you're like, who are you? I know you, but who, like, because it's so, the situation is so random that you're seeing them in that you have like this, like five second, like brains loading thing of being, right. You know, you know what I mean? Like when you see, so it's a context, in, you're not used to seeing them. in. Yeah. Or yeah. like just would never think in a million years they'd be there. Um, and I was backstage at something that I was shooting for work on Friday night, um, in the art, in the comedian's green room. And someone taps me on the shoulder. So I knew who'd been there all day. I knew all the crew and I knew all the cast. And someone taps me on the shoulder and goes, 
Sarah and he's looking at me in the eye and I was just like, I know your face, I know who you are, but I cannot place you in my life. And it was Ben, our friend, Slime's new Roman, who's been on the podcast, his really good friend, Tara. Um, oh! <laughs> yeah. And I was like, how, like, I almost said, like, how did you get back here? Because I was just like, why, how are you here? I, I like, didn't say anything. And I was just why like, why are you here? Like, no, I was so confused. Yeah, I was yeah, like, you're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not artist management. Like, I just had known everything. Yeah. It was the end of the show. So, like, everybody had yeah. already been through. The, and I was just like, and she and she and I was like, what? We, like, couldn't even get words out. And she was like, I I work for the network. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck? Why didn't Ben ever tell me yes. this? He insists that he told both of us that we both worked like together and inevitably have now come to work pretty much on the nah, same show. I don't but think he, that that did ever not, he did not. He did not. That anyway, sounds like fake news. It was fake news. But um, but the the uh cool thing I did want to share about. So about something that happened on the weekend um I, we both had pretty big uh uh saturday nights i think but i was at an after party for this thing and eric idol was there do you know eric idol no you know monty python yeah he's in monty python wow you know, it was really fucking it yeah. was really cool like it, it was it was it was really cool like that that was did you get to meet alan carr yeah yeah see that's i, I love yeah. him i know me too i was freaking out we had a conversation about um peanut m&ms oh what yeah, did he say about them well i was eating m&ms and he's like oh have you got any of the peanut ones oh. and i was like i'm really sorry i ate all of the peanut ones already and he was like oh. but he was no he was being funny he was really yeah. he was really nice i um, love him complete like, like completely like lovely and hilarious hilarious just as hilarious backstage as he was on stage so it was pretty cool i love that um and betty's back if you guys can hear sort of a noise of uh, a futuristic sounding dinosaur yeah that's how i describe her actually Mm. we should release photos of betty just so so people know release the tapes release the tapes because me and sarah have an inside joke about betty yeah like sarah's favorite one of our favorite sort of like messaging um yeah yeah mores that we do is just you sending me out of context photos of betty your mum's french bulldog (laughs) yeah i just feel like that's a thing that the podcast audience deserves to they do and if you guys ever need like we have this thing of if there's ever a reason why you can't do something and someone's like oh why can't you come you have to say betty needs lunch one of the funniest things yeah. what well, oh. that came from a story it came from when i had to look after betty and we were meant to do something from the pot for the podcast and i said to <laughs> mum, i have to leave her alone during the day yeah and but betty needs- like, you can't <laughs> betty needs lunch <laughs> and, then, and I just uh, remember you told me that, and I was like, "Do dogs eat lunch?" No, like, I don't. <laughs> it's not a some dogs only eat dinner. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's no. The world, the world stops for Betty's it lunch. It honestly <laughs> does. Like you know how like the world is like divided pre-stormy, post-stormy. Yeah, time is measured around <laughs> Betty's lunch. <laughs> so fucking true oh we need to upload some photos of betty i think yeah I might, we will i might do a betty dedication post um there's some great for, ones for the real listeners a yeah. feed post dedicated to betty please do mum will love it because she'll think it's like she loves betty and think she doesn't quite get why we find betty so funny but i feel well, like mum listens to will. this so she's gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she'll just be like why are you being so mean about betty 
No, Kate, I love Betty. Like in a, in a sincere way, that dog is amazing. Um, but she's she, extremely funny also. Yes, so she is. And she needs lunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, okay. <clears throat> so uh, as we do every year, Hannah and I um, have hidden our Spotify rap results from one another so that we can share them with you guys. Our loyal – oh, fuck, we didn't do the shout-outs, the GoFundMe shout-outs. Oh, shit. Also, okay, I'm sorry. on my dad's computer and I just started getting notifications and they're ringing in my ears. So, oh, Okay, well, you turn that off and then I've, I'll do the first shout-out and then you do the, the next one. Um, so we have a couple of GoFundMe shout-outs. Um, again, this is the GoFundMe to get us to see Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. Um, we are nearly at $1,500. have nearly raised $1,500, and that will mean we have to walk from Frankston Station to Flinders Street Station. I think we're like $100 away from that. So if you are listening right now and you have not donated, please just donate. If you donate $20, if four of you donate $20, then we have to walk from Frankston Station to Flinders Street Station. That is a fucked-up walk. It's going to take us like nine hours or something (laughs) fucked up. Um, And so please, please donate. If you donate over $30, you get a shout out on the episode. So without further ado. Holly, um, Sarah, Holly, can you um, like message me the names in the iMessage? I did. In iMessage. Yeah, I did. in Zoom Face. because I don't have, oh, I can't Zoom. look at my phone and I usually look I usually look at my phone and I didn't pre-plan it so um Apologies. okay hang on yeah I'll Sorry. send it to you no that's okay um and I'll ask Holly to do it is that what I'm doing <laughs> Holly is our friend by the way guys who we hang it out just... like as a group of three a lot so it may yeah <laughs> yeah sense. yeah it's not Hannah's weird pet name for me no um okay so the first did you get it yes thank you okay. the first shout out is to um is to Haley Adams. Thank you very. You, your donation was very generous, Haley. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening. Uh, thank you so much for potentially sacrificing one of your family members' Christmas presents for us. Yeah, and it's I not that we you. expect that, but it's that we demand it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's a nice, a nice feeling. This one is huge. Yes. Um, Katie Sutcliffe, who donated. Over a hundred dollars. Yeah, like that's fucked, Katie. Who I believe I met when we who uh, at my work. Oh, this true. The original, the original work shout out is Katie. Um, you really did not have to donate over a hundred dollars. Like that's extremely generous. Even though you're almost guaranteed to get it back. <laughs> as we've said many times. As we've said. So yeah. I'm sure that that's why you're banking on it because you're like, you know what? I'm probably going to get this money back. But even so. It's genuinely the sentiment, wow. the sentiment. and the, it's genuinely heartwarming that somebody that you know, like, is willing to put yeah. that much money into this kind of stupid cause that yeah. we both care about. So um, we love you, Katie, and yeah. it's, it's very much, very much appreciated. So thank you so much, not only for being so dedicated to listening to the podcast, but for that incredibly generous, generous donation. So agreed. Thanks, Queen. Um, okay, continuing. So I'll start that again. As we do every year, Hannah and I have hidden our Spotify rap results from one another so that we can share them with you guys, our our loyal listeners. Uh, This includes your top listened artists, songs, uh, and there was a couple other things that they do um, in there that we'll just go over and discuss for fun. Um, Hannah, where would you like to start? What, which, which um, metric or whatever? I'm going to start by itching my ear. Okay, copy that. <laughs> because I'm everybody, hang on, massive. everyone, stop. Hannah's itching her ear. <laughs> 
I'm wearing like a big headphone and I just, it, yeah. it's a real like thing that I have to do. Um, yeah. I, now my hair looks weird and I, it's going to right. really annoy me. I right. always, every time we do the podcast, you notice I always record with one thing open because then I feel weird when I can't hear myself properly. Yeah, I, I can't really hear myself, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, so, um, shall I start with my top genres? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me find that. God, that's, that's so... where Spotify starts. So, okay. Yeah. Mine, what I find funny about my top genres is that it's like I listen to pop. Like, it's as yeah. simple as that. It's just yeah. quite simple. Um, and yet I like that Spotify likes to break uh, down oh. pop, you know. So, my number one is pop. Yeah. Number two is indie pop. Yeah. Three is Australian indie. Yeah. Number four is pop rap. And yeah, number right. five is Lilith, which I Googled and it's basically <laughs> Lilith is essentially female singer-songwriter. So I'm like, pop. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just pop music. Because I listen to sort of like folk pop as well. What, but I'm what like, pop rap did you listen to? I don't know. That one song Taylor Swift has with Future, that's it? No, like I don't even think I've listened to that this year. Um, the Kendrick Lamar blad, bad blood yeah. version. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I wonder if I can look into that because I don't know. You I mean, email I, them. Yeah, like, excuse me, Spotify. Uh, I do not listen to rap music. <laughs> pop rap. Well, might it be Cardi B? Oh, oh that one. Lizzo, makes sense. Lizzo, that Cardi would make B. Sense. Yeah. I've probably listened to a bit of Nicki. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but I would not think enough to get into my top genres. Like, I would think that Lilith, whatever that is, is probably yeah. higher up on my genres. Yeah. Than, anyway, what were yours? Pop number one. Hip hop number two. Yeah. Hollywood was number three. Do you think that's just all the show tunes I listen yes. to? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Glee cast. Yeah, like. literally. Um, art pop was number four. Okay. Which I don't, again, I, I like s- that Gaga's apparently made an entire genre. Yeah, but I don't even listen to Lady Gaga really. Yeah. Except I do listen to Rain on Me When I Run. That song so is fucking good. It is, and it's a great running yeah. track. Yeah. It's so good. Anyway. And then last was soft rock, which I assume is just Bob Bob Dylan. Yeah, and probably. Yeah. Um. So that was that was my genres. And then did you get some other thing afterwards? Say with like your morning started with yes, and you seize the day with yes. um. So my morning started with hype lit poetic. Don't know what that means. <laughs> you see, they're just making shit up. Yeah. I seize the day with dramatic old Hollywood energizing. <laughs> And so then, show tunes. Show tunes. And then I embraced the night with theatre kids friendly cyber pop. <laughs> I have but that's if embarrassing. anyone hasn't figured it out, I have the music taste of a really like camp gay man. Like that's literally my same. music taste. Like literally same though. Like I think about that, I'm like, I think Spotify probably thinks that that's who yeah, I am. So. I'm a 35-year-old gay man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would say Spotify thinks I am. Actually, I was telling a guy at my gym, I don't know if I told you this, um, yeah. one of the trainers, shout out to Cristiano, yeah. love him. Yeah. And we were talking about our Spotify rapped and I was like, my top five songs were all Charlie XCX songs. And I was like, not just Charlie XCX songs, but the bonus tracks from her latest <laughs> album. And he was like, it's giving Ally. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was literally, like, we literally yes, so like we're trying to be allies, like really awkwardly trying really hard. Like, <laughs> it's just that both of us love like Charlie XCX yeah, and I know. Petrus, We so. just love like party music. <laughs> it's so cool. Party so music and cool. show tunes. <laughs> Fuck. God. Fucking oh my hell. god! Okay. All right, so mine, my mornings are delightful, sentimental appreciation. Okay, I sound grateful as fuck. For yeah, my mornings. yeah. My I seize the day with chill, moody, exciting. 
Okay, that's like kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah, and then I embrace the night with hype, nostalgia, pumpkin spice. <laughs> They're just making shit up. I assume that just means I listen to Red at night by Taylor Swift. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, it must awesome. be. Yeah, it must be. But like, you know? they really are just fully just going ahead and making things. What is that? What was that nonsense? That's just a filler card. I don't know, but I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, how much music did you – the next one is like how many minutes that you listened to? Mine was 27,247. You're so much more. I don't I, – I just – I don't – clearly don't listen to that much that often. It's only 18,000, 18,517. Some people had like tens of thousands. I know. Like, it's really wild. The I think because like to be honest, I, listen, I feel like I listen to music a lot, but yeah. I also um, – watch a lot of YouTube videos. So like Me my too. Down, my downtime is split between, like I listen to me and also because I don't run as much as I used to or whatever. So like mm. music is often listened to when I'm not watching YouTube videos. Yeah, so yeah you know, definitely. But I will, yeah, I, I think I listen to music on days that I commute and I don't go to the office every day. Yeah. So that's why I, and also I, I don't listen to podcasts necessarily always on Spotify. So a lot of my listening is off Spotify. Oh, I think sometimes, or sometimes like sometimes I just like listening to the radio because I can't be able to choose. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So, yeah, or the gym. I just end up playing the same fucking songs over and over again. Um, yes, which fucks my Spotify Wrapped every single year. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Top song. Top song was um, New Shapes, Charlie X. Oh, great. Christine and the Queens and Caroline Polachek, which makes sense. What was yours? Mine was How Can I Not Know What I Need Right Now by Charlie XCX. It's a bonus Is that one of song. the bonus tracks? One of the Jesus. bonus tracks. How many I, times did you listen to it? I it will only show, it, it doesn't show you the exact number, does it? Yeah, it does. It told me I listened to it 88 times on April 4th. 88 times? On, no, that can't be right. On one day. My, mine says you played it 34 times with the most listens on a certain day. Oh. Apparently I changed, played it. Anyway, whatever. 88 times. That's what it said. Um, but that's, that's can you tell? Good. I was just like, it's so yeah. like, what I, <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> but what's so funny is like, when you see what people are listening to, I'm like, you having an okay time? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like my top song being, how can I not know what, what I, need I need right, right now? now. <laughs> and you yeah. listen to heaps on this date. It's like, okay. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> They'll never know. Nope. Um, uh, what were you? What were the rest of yours to round out the top five? Uh, number two was Lightning by Charlie XCX. Jesus Christ! Yeah, they all Charlie. You struck me down yeah. like la- such a good Next song. one is Sorry If I Hurt You by Charlie XCX. Yep. Next one is <laughs> Next one is Anything But Me by Muna. You know Muna. Yeah, is that the life so fun? To them. Life so fun. Yeah, I think They're, I've tried, and there's not enough. Like I don't know, it doesn't quite. It's true. It's not hyper pop. It's a bit more yeah. heim heim esque. Yeah, I that, would say. I always really feel like I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get into heim, and then I just doesn't do it for me. I see. I love heim. some of their songs. I like, but yeah. yeah, anything but me. Great song by Moona, yeah. and that's pretty good as well because I got into them a bit later in the year. So yeah, and then you're gonna hate this, but number five was Yuck by Charlie XCX. Was that all of them? Oh yes, it was. Yeah, top them. five. Um, yeah, no, that's okay. Well, my my top five was completely fucked by Charlie XCX's new album as well, and I think it's because as- we reviewed it for the podcast, and I listened to it so many times because remember I can't oh. remember I, like I was like I'm so sad because I don't like it that much, and like or don't like it as much as her old her older albums, and so I was mm-hmm. like I think I must have listened to it so many times like be like you have to like it now like you have to. I did love New Shapes. I love that song though. That was I got. One. 
really into it after we reviewed it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, like I genuinely, it was, I think I just got so into it. Like I genuinely love that album now. Yeah. When I first heard it, it wasn't, it didn't quite yeah, it didn't do it for, it for me. me, but I love that album now. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it just shifted for me. So I think that's why it's so, because yeah, we got into it because of the podcast and then I think I just kept listening to it. So. Yeah, I, I gave, so I'm like really, it, I, yeah, anyway, my second one was Beg For You from that album. Mm-hmm. Um, then third was Caroline Shut Up by Caroline Polachek, which checks out such a fucking good song. Then four was Good Ones by Charlie XCX. <laughs> and, then, and then five was Working for the Knife by Mitski, which oh, yes. checks out for me song. because I listen to that song a lot. Yes. Um, and <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah. Oh, I, uh, God. All right. <sighs> Should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Um, my top artist, can you guess? No. What? Who could it possibly be? I don't know. It's Taylor Swift. Yes. Um, top 1% of listeners. I never get into her, like, top. Zero, zero. Our friend something. Holly is always, like, 0.05% top listeners. Really? Yeah, of Taylor Swift. Holly I'm... constantly listens to music, though, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, Taylor Swift made up a, almost a quarter of my listening. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that, I listened to her no, so much. So she was number one. Number two was Charlie XCX. Number mm-hmm. three was Moona. Mm-hmm. Number four was Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. I got very into her album mm-hmm. Starcrossed earlier in the mm-hmm. year. And then number five was Caroline Polachek. Yeah, nice. That's a good yeah. good mix. It's a pretty me mix, so it, is. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, number one was Kanye West. Number two was Charlie <laughs> XCX. Number three was Carly Rae Jepsen. Number four was Lana Del Rey. And number mm-hmm. five was Taylor Swift. Oh, Gilly made it on there. Yeah, I think it's probably because. But was Caroline Polachek not on there? No, bizarre, right? Maybe because her album did come out in 2019. Yeah, I think, honestly, I listened to. I listen to albums in full, so I never listen to like one like particular songs that much over yeah. and over again. So I think it's always just like which albums have I listened to the most in that year, um, and yeah. th- that checks out for all of those artists because I always go back and listen to old Lana albums like all the time. Mm-hmm. Same with Charlie. Same with the others. Yep. <laughs> um, do you want to go into your musical personality? Oh yeah. Did you do podcasts? Your top podcast? No. Oh, never mind. Sorry. But fucking I probably should have. I, I don't listen to podcasts that often other than ours, of course. Neither. Um, so fucking Call Her Daddy is in there. Mine was on there because, too. Because we had to listen to it so many times this year for this podcast. Um, And I was like, wow. Yeah, since having our own podcast, I listen to podcasts far less frequently. Me too. Um, my top, the second one was called was Crime Show, um, which I is a Gimlet podcast. And I don't really listen to it that often. I yeah. just think... Like, because my, my listening has gone, of podcasts specifically yeah. has gone down quite a lot. Yeah, um, same. I shouldn't be saying this because I have a podcast, but yeah, I know. Um, one. What was I, your, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, one I w- would recommend is, um, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's about this, uh, this is really helpful, this early, the reality show in the 2000s that was, um, this, it was called like there's something about. Mary or something, but it wasn't. That's a movie, I think. I know, but it was like a play oh, on that title. Spoken about this before, really yeah. good podcast. I wish I could remember the name right now, mm. but it's about this trans woman who, mm. and they they made the show around that. And it's, yeah. the podcast is incredible. Um, I th- I'll need to remember the name anyway. The one that I actually did listen to that was on there for me that I would recommend is called Nymphet Alumni, and they You've- talk about like. Told me about fashion trends yeah Mm. and they speak about like i feel like they were really on tumblr in the era that or maybe 
so funny Tumblr. Like if you weren't on it in one, didn't have an experience specific to a year, your sort of knowledge about the move uh, or your experience of how fashion trends moved and stuff can be significantly different. But they sort of are within a couple of years of our age group of Tumblr. So they do speak about how a lot of fashion trends came to be and stuff. It, it, they're, they're very, right. they're very good at it. It's, it's good. Um, good one. Anyway, um, it's called yeah, reality what, check. I just, it just came reality to reality check. Nice. Um, what was your thing? Your music personality? The devotee. Um, yeah. when you love an artist, you really love them. You're quick to yeah. support new releases and play your favorite tracks on repeat. Familiarity, newness, loyalty, uniqueness. Nice. What was yours? The early adopter. Oh, you've got your finger on the pulse of new music, always seeking the next hot thing. If the song <laughs> is trending, you're on it. Exploration, newness, variety, commonality. Don't know how those two are in the same thing. Mm. Anyway. No, mine says familiarity and newness. I'm like, okay. okay. You know, that um, was a fun one though. That was a good, um, good little end card. Thing. I liked it too. I do want to say before we, um, before we move on from this topic, mm. I ha- I'm I'm really over anyone criticizing Spotify Wrapped or people posting their Spotify Wrapped. Yeah, um, I just like stop ruining something that actually is just pure fun. I think people this year have been a lot have had a way way bigger attitude shift, like yeah, towards loving it more because mm-hmm. it fucking is so fun. It's fun. It's so it's much a, fun, and I love seeing what other people post because I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, Same. it's interesting. Same. And I also think I've let go of like Caring. feeling embarrassed about yeah. my. I'm like, yes, my I exclusively listen to pop. Yeah, <laughs> you but know? who cares? So I, yeah. also, I used to use Apple Music, and I literally only switched to Spotify because of Spotify Wrapped. I yeah. actually every it's day huge. of my life, I think about how much I'd rather be on Apple Music because I just like the really? way that. Yeah, I much prefer the way that it organizes. Um, you're like especially I think because I like albums more than playlists so it just organizes things yeah. in a different way and I, I much prefer it um whereas Spotify I actually find clunky everyone's like it's got really good but I've never fucking listened to I really my like Spotify because I used to have Apple Music and I didn't yeah. like it interesting I've never listened like to my s- Discover Weekly ever I haven't either but I do like the way Spotify recommends music like if I start yeah. listening to an artist or a song or whatever yeah. and then it when it does that thing where it just mm. automatically starts playing other music yes. I've discovered a lot of stuff that I like through that through that not through the discover weekly but just through letting Spotify autoplay yeah right, and I just right. found that Apple music didn't really doesn't really facilitate yeah. discovery at least when yeah. I used to use it. No, I, I don't know I just like the layout of it and ha- when you added something to your library or whatever it made I f- felt it was better. I feel but- like you already like know what you like and know how to seek out music that you want to listen to. Yeah, or I'll like read about. I read a lot of music reviews. Yeah, so I think yeah. Sometimes that's why. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we should probably um, move on. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Balenci, I'm gonna start that again. But by the way, just before we move on, yeah. my original sound for the intro part of the intro wasn't turned on. That's fine. Okay, cool. It'll, it's on on mine. Okay, it, I turned it on after I noticed, but oh, I just wanted cool. to double check. Okay, that's being left in. Uh- <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry. I just got a text from my housemate, Ruby. Shout out to Ruby. Got me a Minions advent calendar. Where from? 
Kmart. That's like the best wow. present ever. Oh my god, I'm That's so really fucking sweet. excited. Good one, Ruby. Thanks, Ruby. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Balenciaga has recently come under fire for two of its new holiday campaigns. The first, um, the gift shop campaign, featured images of children holding toy plushy handbags, which seemed to be adorned with BDSM style harnesses and bondage. The second, uh, called the guard robe campaign, which fema- featured stars such as Nicole Kidman and Bella Hadid, included images of paperwork from a Supreme Court ruling from a 2008, um, sorry, from 2008 about child pornography laws. The two, th- those two things happening, like the the um, one related to the paperwork was discovered after the um, plushy campaign came out. So quickly, just to interrupt you, the mm. paperwork was not in the same photos as the kids? No. Separate campaign. All right. Um, it was just that, like, what happened was the plushy photos, they came out. There was obviously the huge backlash to it. And then yep. pe- people obviously just started sleuthing through their other campaigns. And it was yep. noticed that there were these documents on, um, on like, the table of some of the photos in a previous campaign. Yeah that didn't feature kids. It was just like different models. Yeah. And they, there were these documents that were related to like a random Supreme Court ruling from 2008 about child, child porn. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it's sort of like these, these two really random things. Yeah. But it's odd, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this obviously resulted in backlash all over the internet with people um, outraged by the campaigns and Balenciaga's choice to depict children in this way. Um, they released several statements and then also decided to sue the production company, which was responsible for the set design of the guard robe campaign. Guard mm-hmm. robe campaign, that's the not the one with the kids in it. That's the one with the, the documents. Bella Hidid or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so basically suggesting that like the the um, production company was at fault for including that, those documents um, yep. and that they didn't know they were there. Uh, their most recent statement, which you can find on the Instagram story highlights, includes the quote that they made, quote, a series of grievous errors for which Balenciaga takes responsibility. Um, they're also apparently contacting, quote, organisations who specialise in child protection and aim at ending child abuse and exploitation. Um, so we wanted to discuss kind of the fallout from this campaign, specifically also the conversation around the Kardashians and their very public relationship with Balenciaga, mm. um, particularly Kim. And Kim has was initially under scrutiny for her lack of response and then for not immediately deciding to cut ties with the brand. Um, there has also been suggested suggestions that Chris was encouraging, which ha- this happens every time any of the mm. Kardashians under fire, that Chris like tells one of the other sisters to post more to distract from the controversy. Mm. So there's been suggestions that Chris was telling Kylie to post photos of her son in order to distract from what was going on. Um, where do you want to start with this? Sarah? I don't know. There's so much going on. And like, mm. I, um, my, like, I, people probably get upset about this. My initial reaction when I first saw like the kids, the photo with the kids was just like, okay, I think, <coughs> sorry, I just choked on my own mouth. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, I, I just feel like maybe everybody is slightly overreacting uh, to this, that it was just in poor taste and it was just kind of a weird campaign, but it wasn't like this um, massive. I don't know, uh, pedophilia circus or whatever that people were sort of indicating that it was online. Um, and then the document thing or whatever came out. And it's just very odd. Like, I, it's just really confusing. I don't get how that, like, w- how and why that was included in those other photos, like, and what the, what the linking thread is. And I suppose my 
um, initial reaction or like uh, benefit of the doubt type suspicion is that it was just some weird, weird coincidence. And, and as I've said, like about other things, I think a lot of these companies just um, end up being um, a lot of people just really incompetent and, and stupid in these roles. And that's kind of why these big scandalous things happen. Um, but I don't know that the documents thing is strange. I think the internet can be very like immediately conspiracy conspiratorial about anything to do with kids, especially like, I don't know if you remember the Dan Andrews kids in the tunnels thing during lockdown. I do, I do remember. Um, yes. Like, so I always have this like air of suspicion about things like that, but then you also do have people like Epstein. So that shit is real. It's just hard to know, like at what, what is this kids in the tunnels or is, is this Epstein? Do you know what I mean? When these kinds of things get really um, inflated online. I think the photos of the kids with the plushies is inappropriate. Like, I think it's pretty gross. Totally. It is. It's fucked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that, but I don't think that people are overreacting to that because I just think mm. it's like, in my opinion, I'm like, I just think that there's, it's not possible that that was an oversight. I think that it oh, has Oh, fuck to, no. I think it was gross. Been, but yeah. I think it has to have been intentional and mm. to see them react in a way of being like, oh, we fucked up, it was an oversight. It's like, well, somebody had to make the decision to depict kids holding toys wearing BDSM. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like fucking somebody, dumb. Somebody made that decision and it was, yeah. ma- it was made for a reason. So I think what, frust- what I think is just more disgusting about it is the fact that, like, they are acting as though it was just a fuck-up yeah. when it wasn't because Balenciaga is yeah. known for um, – doing things to generate publicity and and doing things that are going to be controversial to Mm. generate publicity but i just think in this case it's like this isn't something that's like you know how they how they'll create like products that are really um like a dog bowl and sell it for a thousand dollars it's not like that this is something where you're like using actual children and putting them in a position of it's just and it also contributes to what what we deem normal and what is normalized in in culture mm. the way that advertising is used so i think no, I, like yeah it's it's the wrong side of do you remember those american apparel ads with um those really like uh sexual american american apparel ads that first when it first so. sort of launched it was like i'll I'll send send them to you um but yeah they were just really i think they even there was even like wording on them i can't remember exactly but they were really hypersexual um and that they were out i'm pretty sure the girls were oh it's probably coming out now that they fucking weren't of age mm. um but like it, it was so i feel like maybe they were aiming for some prov- provocativeness in that vein um but right. anytime you use kids and provocation in the same sentence it's automatically just going to be really fucked up yeah like, exactly it's just, what what i was yeah. trying to say before is like I, my suspicion is usually with these things that it is someone who's just incompetent and and, and a little bit stupid doing it but but after seeing the weird document thing and stuff, I'm sort of like, this just seems a bit sinister and bizarre. Like yeah. it's sort of yeah. really attempting to be controversial and in like, but in a way that's not like, Oh, what? Because being controversial or thought provoking, yeah. it's like, yeah. this isn't something that needs to be, this isn't a thought that needs to be provoked. It's just no. like putting kids, it's just gross. So yeah. I thought there was a really interesting um, comment I have from this uh, model, Tanya, gay kick catch it i don't know if that's how you say her name but she has like a small following on instagram and she posted these photos from a shoot that she did for japanese vogue in 2001 when she was in i think 20 so she was an adult and it's got her depicted in like sort of seductive positions holding a teddy bear 
Yeah, right. And the photographer, Terry Richardson, was oh, years later. Oh, of course it was Terry Richardson. Cancelled and accused of sexual yeah. assault. And she said in the post, she, it's a long post that she did. This is in reaction to the Balenciaga yeah. thing. But she said, quote, watching this Balenciaga saga unfold reminds me of just how far removed from reality my industry is sometimes. How myopic, sorry, how myopically attuned to, to a different value system where being perceived as cool, well-dressed and important tops any moral or ethical compass. And I think that that's a really interesting mm. point because it's like I almost imagine that this got, they, they allowed this to happen because there aren't, you know, people it's full of yes men or people yeah. nobody going hey this actually isn't okay well, well like, and it's in, and i think controversy for controversy's sake never sits well with like the public or anything like there is plenty of controversial art in the world and whatever mm -hmm. but but often but good controversial art of has some sort of meaning or point behind it this literally it's designed to what sell fucking ugly as fuck handbags yeah. Like, but the, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's that's what it's just such a stupid thing to do, mm. and it and it says nothing. It's for no purpose. It's it's it, it giving them like even if you do go at it and give them the benefit of the doubt that it you know was some fuck up or whatever, which I doubt. I reckon it was a marketing team going, "This 100%. is edgy." Hundred um, percent. But just, that's and then that in itself, you just go, "You're fucking disgusting." Yeah, like, literally. It's not. You can be. You could have if you wanted to do something controversial. And push the envelope. Do that, but don't yeah. do it. Don't do something that's actually just like morally a little bit bankrupt. Yeah, you no, know, totally. where you're actually just exploiting children. It's like it's just not what. what you're just, not making an interesting yeah. point. No, you're not making an interesting point. You're just being no. gross. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree, and I um, I don't know. I feel like Balenciaga is fucking trashy as fuck anyway, and it, mm. and it's. Yeah. Should we talk about Kim? Well, I was going to say, like, I think I honestly hope it leads to her wearing less Balenciaga because the reason that it is fucking hideous um, and she has looked really true. No, but she has. It's just it's looking really bad. Like, she, I just, well, she yeah. just she almost exclusively wears yeah. Balenciaga, especially since she divorced from Kanye. Yeah. And I almost feel like she's been kind of clinging to Balenciaga yeah. as like a way for her to find her style and have, have a look. A distinct look yeah but it looks breaking up from kanye but it's like it's it gets to a point where you're wearing the same mm. extremely tight Body stretchy fabric in a neon thing. color yeah you know no um, totally but i'm sorry aside from that mm. more um superficial note yeah um, <laughs> like i i i this one i am a little bit like okay i don't i don't really it's a hard like bow to draw sometimes with the expectation of the public for people for celebrities to have to con like denounce uh brands all the time because i mean kim mm. doesn't actually work with balenciaga does she like she's not like there's no kim I mean, x balenciaga no but i think she's just like often featured in their campaigns and is i guess a an informal ambassador for the brand because she's always wearing this stuff. But like, have the model models that have been in the shoots been asked to denounce Balenciaga? I feel like, like Bella's different. I think it's but different. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that like it's this falls in any way any responsibility on Kim. I don't think so either. But I think she does work so closely with them. Mm. I don't know. It's a, it's yeah. it's kind of hard. I think. I just think I think the question is like because she continues to work with them, 
very closely and mm. I think not only she's not just a model for them like she always wears Balenciaga yeah and she's a very close relationship oh, completely with the yeah yeah so I think it's sort of the question of like it's it's kind of like depending on what happens with them or is is it saying something about I think people often will pop I would think that the line of argument is it saying something about her character if she continues to work with them um but mm. what I think I think in reality is that I'll be curious to see what she does, but mm. I think it will have nothing. I don't think it will have to do with her concerns around child exploitation and more to do of with whether, not. yeah, to do with whether she will continue being able to make money or benefit from her relationship with Balenciaga or not. It's, it can't be about child exploitation for her because she comes from a family who has put their children on television before yeah. they had the ability to choose <laughs> whether or not they wanted to be on television. Exactly. So there's literally, they couldn't even feign that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, and it's obviously not the same as sexualizing a child, but it's still very exploitative. And, mm-hmm. and like, so yeah, you, they can't even feign that. And I agree with you. It would only be due to public backlash and eventual yes. financial. It just, it'll be her, her weighing up whether or not <laughs> being attached to Balenciaga outweighs yeah. the, the negatives of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I just think, I think that like den- everybody having to denounce this, that and the other, does dilute the uh, principle of doing so a lot. Um, and I think it was a little bit unfair um, when people like Kim, people got upset because Kim took a while to come out with a response or mm. whatever. I think that you're allowed to be considered in a response. You're allowed yeah. to not immediately come out with something because of, oftentimes the first thing that people will say in any given situation is an emotional reaction yeah. that may not actually be how you feel when the yeah. dust settles. And I don't think that's a fair thing, especially when she isn't actually formally involved with the company. She's no. on the line with the company. Like she just wears no. their clothes a lot. Like I don't even think there's no. a contract. No. Like, I don't I don't actually yeah. think there's an existing um No, there's no yeah, it's not Kim but times Balenciaga or anything like that. So I think you know, that's a little bit I think you you can give people a little bit of grace and allow them to to have take time to formulate a response. Um yeah, I I don't know. I think yeah, the 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 internet sort of sense of um, or obsession with accountability sometimes just goes in a direction that doesn't even equal accountability anymore. I, I feel it just. Well, sort of, yeah, because yeah. is it accountability if you're just doing it because you're being forced to? Exactly, and yeah. and then you know, and everybody knows in the back of their heads that half of the time these apologies, these denouncements, these breaking ties, these whatevers, it's you know they're on the phone to their manager going. This, like, this is obviously fucking bullshit, but I'm just saying it to get yeah. them off my back. You know especially, that that's what's happening. Especially when it's the Kardashians because we yeah. literally see on this show, like, excuse me, I just burped. I think that was the first one of the Um Congratulations. You, thank you. You see in the show, um, like, that episode where, recently where mm. Kim was reacting to the backlash around her saying, um, get your fucking mm. ass up and work. Mm. Um, uh and Chloe is going, people will just say whatever every time you say something. Like yeah. they're just completely dismissing any of the criticism of, of what she said. So yeah. all they, from their perspective, they just think it's all noise. And they're like, yeah. eventually they're just going to go, well, it's just another thing kind of thing. So like, well, I half think the time this, it is just noise. And so yeah. it's, it be, that's what I'm sort of becoming like real yeah. things become noise. And I don't, yeah. And I don't think this is noise. Cause I think no, like, this is a bit I, weirder. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so fucked. Like, it's just really it's just, like when I saw it, I was like, "What? Like, 
I don't Why? Know. It's just yeah. And I also sorry, just to go no, back because I wanted no, I wanted ahead. to actually say something about what you mentioned before with mm. the document thing. Because it sounds like from what they've said is that like the documents were meant to just be like props, like random text documents. And that the the reason they ended up suing the production company, which is is called North Six and Nicolas de Jardin, I yeah. how you say it. Um, is that they obviously got the documents from like a props from like a tv show or something mm. and so i think they're saying is that it was like a coincidence that those documents happened to be there yeah like i imagine i assumed their 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 line would be coincidence yeah but and if it's not though then it's like what? that yeah that's what i'm kind of like i i, I think it probably is a yeah really because then what they're planting cloak. planting yeah, evidence of I don't know. That's then it feels, much wider. Cons- of yeah, conspiracy. then it feels because then you don't know the line between. Okay, is that completely conspiratorial or is mm. like? But then is it conspiratorial because it's like it's it's they're there. The documents know, are there. I know. I know. And the other it's, campaign happened, so it does feel like this odd kind of like that's too weird for it to be not related. Not related, yeah, but then also know. my sense of logic seems to suggest that it, it's just it's a rant. rant I don't know. I know. I know what you're saying. Um, I just think like they people. I just don't understand how it, how someone thought that this was like a good idea. Well, yeah, a good idea, or just something that was even had any vague artistic merit. Like it no, was, it was yeah. just, a, it was just bad, bad. If it commits a sin of anything, which I think it commits more than this, but it's fucking bad art. It's in poor taste. Yeah. It's tacky. Like that's like literally the nut. It's just yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. All right, shall we? Oh, before we move on, do you think that Chris tells the daughters to post stuff to distract from controversies? <sighs> May- oh, no, I don't know. This maybe mm. not in this vein. <laughs> uh, sometimes, probably. I reckon sometimes. I, I think- like that. I like that conspiracy theory. Yeah, I think sometimes the show is very well structured to. Um, you know, they obviously plan the release of certain episodes as to when they will release certain information. Right. Which is not surprising in any way. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that it's a TV show. But, like, um, so I do think a lot of information is controlled from them. So it's not that far out of the question that perhaps other types of information they try to control by, by you know, doing things like that. Mm. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> quick word from our sponsor. This episode of The Second Estate is proudly brought to you by Stan. I am not going to elaborate on what that means. This one is for us. Oh! <laughs> I That took me a second. Yeah. That really took me a second. Uh, yeah, shout out to Stan. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right, so... Jennifer Coolidge, known for her iconic roles in Legally Blonde, American Pie, and of course... A Cinderella story. Yes, um, is finally getting the recognition that she deserves with her role in The White Lotus. She won an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie in September of this year, and the second season of The White Lotus is now with us. So today we wanted to discuss Jennifer Coolidge's legacy and stardom, as well as her role in The White Lotus. Um, she is the only like main cast member that has continued her character, her role on from season one to season two and the creator of the show um oh good Mike White. my wife thank you he specifically wrote the role for her um sarah what do you love most about jennifer coolidge well i was actually going to ask you what your favorite jennifer coolidge movie is 
A Cinderella story. Me too. Like, <laughs> I was thinking about 100%. the cast of that film. Oh, it's amazing. Is, what a cast. <laughs> what a cast. Regina What's her name? King, Regina King. It? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and obviously Hilary Duff, Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. actually like a full-blown really star-studded cast. Started. That's why when we watched Do Revenge earlier this year, I appreciated so much how they put money back into those movies because when they get given money, they are fucking great. Yes. Like, they yeah. can be really good. And the Cinderella story is – it's the little movie that could. Um, it is. It's, it's a the smash hit. Her in the car when she's just – had Botox and the sisters, yeah. the stepsisters are like, you don't look very mad. And she, she's angry because she's just had Botox. And she's like, I'm very upset or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, very <laughs> No, no, it's, 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 it's so true. It's um, a fantastic film, a fantastic role. I think like <clears throat> she's a testament to the fact that some people just like have it. Oh, some people have hands down X Factor, joie de vivre, star power, whatever you want to call it. But some people just by pure nature of who they are, just have it. And Jennifer Coolidge just she just from her existence, she just has it. She exudes charisma and um, is just inherently funny. Yeah. Like not even I mean, I don't know. Did you watch that interview with her in Variety? I watched about half of it. I think I was working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. But you just like, she's so effortlessly funny. Like it's yep. just, and not even just from what she says, but like the way she's so unique in the way that she speaks and talks yes, and yes. expresses herself and holds herself that it's just, she exudes funniness. Like yep. she's just so funny. Um, and you're just, you, you watch a scene with her and you're just naturally drawn to her just because of, something like, yeah. I think like, yeah. sometimes we're all like there is some attraction to people who are just like a little bit weird who are oh, a little, yeah. like a little bit there's just like some little element of them of the unexpected or something and I it she definitely she has that there's just a little bit of something where you're like you're just I could never be like get in the headspace or come up with the answer that you've come up with and that's yes. why she sort of got some like like yeah it's unexpected it's yeah totally what I loved um I was reading the article about her and her role in the White Lotus in Variety mm. and um she improved mo- like more than any other cast member in of the White course. Lotus yeah yeah which yeah. is so which makes sense because you just feel every character she plays obviously because she is so distinct mm. as an actress like she does she gives off this this very unique energy yeah. yeah into every character that she plays um and one quote from vice is that um while remnants of her slightly lost clueless character of the early thousands protrude her performance coolidge proves what would have always been not sorry what should have always been known that her characters have always succeeded because of her because of their somewhat disguised depth and i yeah. think that that's like there's something about watching her and her weirdness, mm-hmm. but that she is able to kind of communicate so much yeah, with not a great deal of like dialogue even. Yeah. Like she just, she just, yeah, you well, get so much meaning and kind of. Do, yeah, yeah. Don't discount how, how far a funny face can get you in this life or like, you yeah. know, the ability to make really funny facial expressions. Yes. If you watch like so a stand up tell jokes and they like aren't expressive and then you watch a stand up tell jokes and they are expressive, it's totally, it's like, a, yeah. It's, yeah, chalk and cheese. Um, and, yeah. and she just had, just, 
her ability to move her face in an extremely funny way. There's like people even in my life that I know that have really funny facial expressions yeah. and like they it just so fucking funny because of that. Yeah. <laughs> um um and she is like the master of that. Yes. Yeah. Um have you been watching the, the recent season of The White Lotus? Yes, so I've watched the first two episodes. Okay. So what, good. what it, it's I think it's better than the first and when you I'm, get up to the it, like you're gonna it's so good. I'm it's so I want good. you to fi- fucking get up to date. I think, I think what I love about this show is um and it's um in this variety article mm. Mike it they talk about Mike White and how his intention with it was to, or he always wanted to create something that showed human beings in their most like mm-hmm. flawed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's worked so well about this show is that like everyone sucks. <laughs> totally. <laughs> everyone sucks. And yeah. it's like, that's the reality of human beings is it's, that they yeah. just, you don't like anyone. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, it's, it is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And I think that's what makes it so, I mean, obviously, there's so much that makes it work. The mm. music is one thing. How so beautiful the location is is oh. another thing. The but cinematography just... on this season, they have stepped it up. Yeah. I want to go there so badly. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. So badly. The interactions that the people have, and mm. I think what's so good about it and what's so well written is that people are having – the dialogue feels natural. Like, it yeah, feels like definitely. how people actually talk. Yeah. And so you'll be watching a scene, and sometimes it feels like, wait, why is this – yeah happening and why are we seeing this but then you kind of are clocking that you're getting all of these um kind of unsaid yeah unsaid sort of meanings about the characters Mm. that will make sense later or you know dramatic tension yes yeah it's so good it's It's, um no i think it's it's such a brilliant piece of television and i think the i remember when i was in tunisia earlier this year um, we were at a resort, like one of those kind of, you know, what, not obviously not as nice, but in one of those kind of resorty, all-inclusive places. Yeah. And I was watching this guy. We were like by the pool and I was watching this guy. So we are in Tunisia and um, um, I was watching this Algerian guy get in a fight with the staff by the pool because he wanted to move a banana lounge to a certain spot and they were like, we can't move it. Um, because this other lady was already on it, but she'd gotten up to go in the pool. So there's just some big fight about this banana yeah. lounge. And the way <laughs> he was speaking to them, and it was yeah. such an interesting, like, uh, White Lotus-esque scene almost to watch take place because because this guy is Algerian and he's in Tunisia. So they're like neighbouring countries with very similar socio-political sort of Mm-hmm. Um, uh, environments or whatever and he was getting this major power trip and called the manager like we're talking the, the, the every like all these people have come involved in this fight um, to, and was just trying to like e- assert some sort of dominance over these people the, who was there to serve him effectively and then the way that and I was like fuck that is an interesting um, examine like examining this is such an interesting thing of um, looking at power dynamics and and what happens when people get money and then how they view who they were. Do, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like if, if, you know, when people go from, yeah, having nothing to having money, I don't know if that's this man's case, but I was just thinking like, fuck, that would be a good White Lotus storyline of someone right. who's kind of come from being the the um, the 
employees at the place and then becomes like a guest and then how they treat people even though obviously everybody's human and fucking no one ever deserves to be treated like the way that this man was treating them but I was just thinking in my head wow I'm gonna invent a backstory for this man right now and that would be such but it, it is true the way people behave in these resorts is like so despicable Mm -hmm. Um, and the way they treat staff at these places is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And then the way that they treat each other. Um, and so it's such a good, such good grounds and the way people behave on holidays, just full stop. Great grounds for, for a fantastic series. And there's so much to mine from it. I think to extend that just to any kind of like service-based industry, I guess I'm speaking specifically about work. Yeah. But the way that people speak when they are being served or when they're being, like, especially in a hospitality context where somebody's, like, I mean, I'm sure in retail as well, but when somebody's, where they're being served food or or that Mm -hmm. kind of thing and same in hotels and stuff, um, it really tells a lot about a person but it also changes people's behaviour in, like, quite a quite a distinct way. It does. And also, like, even in hospitality, the way that people interact with each other in a restaurant or whatever mm-hmm. like it's it's so it's so interesting and it, it comes I think back to the whole idea that that um when somebody is serving you often people have this inherent belief that they are lesser than in some yeah. way which goes back to our you know Victorian roots yeah. or whatever yeah yeah but um yeah no it's it's I completely agree I think it's like it's wild to kind of people watch in those sort of, Fuck, and I, I see it every day with the way that, with the way that yeah. people talk to me, and it truly is like, I think it's an incredible job. I think yeah. because you're constantly coming up against these really different people mm-hmm. and really different interactions, and the way that people are, are relating to you and dealing with you, um, and a huge variety of like ages and genders and everything, and yeah. so it can be this like people are wild, and I think that's what White Lotus yeah. does really well is shows that kind of how just it's like a study in the way that people kind of treat it no definitely and how it gets exacerbated in these kinds of places where like in the you know people are people are very wealthy who stay in these Mm. places but they're not ultra rich because ultra rich Mm. people don't stay in places with public pools um right you know what i mean like it's like Mm -hmm. so they're at that level of wealth where they like yeah they have their own private homes they don't need they don't do that but like it's like Mm. you know they're at that level of wealth where so much expectation comes from from it or something it's a really interesting sort of band of people they're Mm. looking at um but the one other thing i wanted to say about the series um is that i am so happy about how this show and a lot of other hbo shows have just brought back appointment viewing in such a big way Mm. as we speak my sister and my housemate are texting saying what time are you home because we want to watch the white lotus oh and like so it's (laughs) like it's like it's it's um i don't know i think television was made the format was invented around one episode a week or you know Mm -hmm. drama and it fucking works it works so well it's just the best the best format um i agree i mean i haven't been watching this yeah. appointments but i totally get what you're saying i had one more thing to add before we move mm. on um the way that her talking about mike white and mike white talking about her mm. i just think the story is an incredibly inspiring look at like the value of friendship and not only believing yeah. in yourself but having people around you that believe in you definitely and i think like i find her so likable and i love that she's getting to play a character in a show that she deserves but I think what's so wonderful about it is the fact that Mike White 
just had this like inherent belief that she yeah. needed to have this specific character yeah. that, and he's pitched different things to HBO that he wants her to play yeah. and just believes believed in her yeah, and that beautiful. allowed her to believe in herself and like that's so beautiful. It is and beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and I just think it's like it's a testament to friendship, which I think 100%. Is, yeah. Having someone just like just know you can do something in your and, corner. Back, and back you, fuck, it's powerful. It, yeah, it is. it is. All right. All right. Um, we'll wrap trivia. it up. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? If you want, yeah. All right. What is the longest running US uh, scripted TV show of all time? US. I was going to say Doctor Who, but that's English. My dad is making a lot of noise. That's okay. <laughs> I can see him like I can't hear I think, doing dishes. I don't know. Uh, I know this. What is it? The Simpsons. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like 27 seasons, but I swear it would be like days of our lives, but maybe this list I was right. like, I got is I prime time. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. All right. When Paris Hilton was 19, mm-hmm. whose modeling agency did she sign with? Wilhelmina? Like, I don't know. No, oh, no it's like it's a person. Like a person that you would know. Tyra Banks? No. Um, Think of who her family knows in like New York's elite. Ivanka Trump? Did she have some sort of. It was Donald Trump's. Family. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just go. love that. That is really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, what year was Jennifer Coolidge born? Okay, so I think she's in her 60s, right? Yes. I'm going to guess and say 55? 61, 1961. Oh. Just in her 60s. Oh, okay. All right. Um, who was the first female head writer at SNL? Tina Fey. Hey. Mm. <laughs> um, what 2003 Jack Black movie did White School Lotus director – yeah. And but who did he play in that movie? Um, the other teacher. Do you remember the name? No. He Ned Schneebly. The- he plays the guy that <laughs> that Jack Black pretends to be. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Schneebly. I fucking love that. That's mm. Mike White because what a body of work. I know. What a body of work. Because I looked at him, I was like, "What else is he in?" And it was School of Rock. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. What is my most beautiful feature? And there is a right and wrong answer. Oh fuck! I'm scared now. <laughs> I don't. Maybe. I think your mouth, probably like your lips. Ooh, do you want to kiss me? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, um, it's my personality. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Good to know you like my lips, though. Yeah. You do. Have, you have a lovely smile. Oh, guys! I think Sarah likes me. It just shuts um, down the call. Okay, if you yeah, <laughs> if you listen to this to the episode, comment on our new Instagram post whether or not you think Sarah has a crush on me. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so <laughs> oh god, I reckon this was a good episode, especially for Zoom. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't too bad. We've been going oh. for an hour. Good. All right. Well, um, please listen. <laughs> Fuck no. Please donate to the GoFundMe. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, follow us on YouTube, follow us. Uh, if you 
Follow whatever. us in real life. Follow us around on the street. <laughs> yep, stalk us. Yeah. Um, no, if you listen on whatever like platform, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please um, follow us on there and leave us a review as well. Uh, that really helps. Actually, we had an average 4.9 star rating on Spotify this year. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, if you would like to help us keep it there, feel free to leave a review. Yeah. So. Um, we love you and yeah, I also posted something very heartfelt on our Instagram, but I did mean that. that. Was, thank that, you. That was sweet, yeah. And thank I you concur. very thank you very much for listening. We we work very hard on this podcast and it means a mm. lot that you all enjoy it. So very all true. Right. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.